when you could still get warm and be comfortable, you can't get, you can't get cool. This is brutal. No, no, no. So I will take the cold. I will take the snow. I will take the wind. I, Kimberly, I, no, 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 no. If it gets above about 35, I start to sweat. <laughs> and that is not good. <laughs> uh, hope y'all are doing well. So uh, let me ask you a question. Did y'all give much thought about today? I mean, like, you, you might have something to do. You might have a graduation party to go to. They're starting to kick up. Might have graduation ceremonies to go to, right? I know. Yes, I'll be there. Yes. You get to go sit in the sun <laughs> on a football field in a lawn chair with no shade. So, but, so aside from that misery that is awaiting me, did y'all give a lot of thought, though, to really what went into today? I mean, I don't. I'll be honest, normally. <laughs> Not really. I mean... You just really don't going through the normal week. Tomorrow's Monday. Back to work. Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. Never really give a whole lot of thought to it, right? So we don't really think about what we're going to do today. Where are we going to go today? Who are we going to see today? Who are we going to talk to today? What are we going to hear today? Those around us are going to see today. Just saying, sometimes we might have to start paying a little more closer attention to today. Right? I mean, a lot of times we also think about tomorrow. We're thinking about next week, right? Well, today usually falls by the wayside just because it, it's happening. It's nothing big normally. Kind of like autopilot, you just coast. But I, I just don't know if that's the way it should be, right? I don't know if we should just be like active participants versus just sitting there and watching it happen. I think we're supposed to be a little bit more involved. I think we're supposed to be a little bit more engaged in today. We don't know about tomorrow, but at least today we should be a little bit more engaged than I think most people are, myself included. I coach through it on autopilot. Up in the morning, drink some coffee, go to the gym, sweat, come home, go to work, wrap up the day, eat dinner, little TV, go to bed. So let's just for a moment, let's just consider certain days, right? And, and, and first thing I think we need to understand is that today has been coming since the beginning of time. I mean, you ever think about that, right? Today did not just happen. It's been coming. There's been a million decisions made by a million people who have set up today. You didn't know most of them. But they've all had some impact on your life. It has no choice. There's just, the world's too big. There's a bunch of people halfway around the world who are impacting us every day today. Millions of people. So today is not just happenstance. Today is not random. Today has actually been in play and planned since the beginning. 
before the beginning of time. And, and, and you think, oh, that's kind of crazy, right? But let me ask you, right? So Jeremiah 1.5, please. Maria, thank you. If you're not sure when today started, Jeremiah gives me a little insight. That's not what I gave you? Well, that's crazy. Adapt, improvise, overcome. I got it written down. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So today, I know that he, I'd understand, well, that was for Jeremiah. Yep, yes, it was. But I don't believe that it is just limited to Jeremiah, but instead this can be each and every one of us. So today did not just happen. Before I knew, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I set you apart. I set you apart. Therefore, I set your days apart. For Jeremiah, he had a job laid out. And that was to be a, I appointed you. You didn't raise your hand, you didn't volunteer, I appointed you. Amen. And I believe that there is an appointment for each and every one of us that has been laid out since before time began. Yeah. I just think so. Right? Now... Let me ask you, just for a moment, you don't have to answer. How far along do you think you are in your plan? Right now, if, if, if God had given you a book, a manual, that said, hey, Chris, I want you to do this, then this, then this, and this, how far would I actually, would I be past step one? If there was a book that said, these are the things that I have appointed you to do, where would I be in there? Chances are, once again, just me, being honest, I'm behind schedule. I'm just saying, I'm probably behind schedule. I hope you aren't. I hope that you, you guys are ahead of me. Because otherwise I've missed the boat a lot of times. I've let too many days go by that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't do when I was supposed to do it. I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to actually catch up to where I should be. So I want to take a look about two different people. Now I'm not going to tell you who they are yet. You're going to pick up on them real quick. You're going to know them. I guarantee you. But there are two people who had days. And they each addressed their day differently. And I think we can associate sometimes with one. And I think we can associate sometimes with the other. All right, so my first, my, my first person that I want to talk about is David. David had a lot of days. He had a lot of great days. He, I mean, let's think about it. David was out in the field. Samuel comes around, says, I want to get the 
Notice, go over there to Jesse and go find the next king of Israel. Goes through, oh, I still got the one son. That was David's day. He was anointed king of Israel. He didn't even do nothing. He just received it. He was literally just walked in from the field and said, what you need? You're going to be the king of Israel and I'm going to anoint you that. But that's, not, that's a big day. But that wasn't the day that I'm talking about. I'm going to be talking about another day where he actually took an active participation. He was actively involved in this day. Right? Now, the backstory is Israel was at war with the Philistines. Got Philistines on this hill, Israel on this hill, two armies lined up. They got a valley in between the two. Okay? I hope I gave you this one, Maria. 1 Samuel 17, 10 to 11. Oh, there we go. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Now, we all know who this Philistine was, right? This Philistine was Goliath. Number 11, please. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. An entire army is standing out there ready to go to battle. One dude comes out and he frightens the entire army, makes them dismayed. Now you're thinking, dismayed, that's an impressive word, right? It is. I like dismayed. might be adding it to my vocabulary now because it means to lose courage or resolution because of alarm or fear. This was an entire army who was no stranger to battles. They were no stranger to war. These were hardened soldiers. They had been at war before. They had seen death. They had been injured. They had done all of this. But one man defying the army of the Lord scared them enough that they were just, they were, they, they, they were cringed. They were terrified. Can you, did I give, okay, hold on. I am so sorry. I've dropped the ball on another verse. Because actually, verse 16, it says, For 40 days the Philistine came forward twice a day, morning and evening, and took this stand. Forty days he had come out. Now, here's the thing. In 40 days, he kept coming out twice a day. Why didn't anybody do anything? Why didn't the Philistines actually attack? I mean, if you've got the entire Israeli, you know, the, the army of Israel feared, fearful, shaking in their shoes, why didn't you come out and fight them? Israel, why didn't you just leave the battlefield? Why would you stand around and be assaulted for 40 days, twice a day? And I'm going to tell you why. I, I don't know for sure, but I got a feeling, and I think it's just simply because that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was not to actually let the Philistines go to war with Israel right here. And God's plan was not for Israel to actually run all the way back to their cities. Because God had some, he had another plan, and that plan involved that little shepherd. That plan involved a little shepherd who wasn't even there. His brothers were, he has three older brothers were there. He was not even there. He was too young. He wasn't even there. Early in the morning, David left because his father had asked him, take some food to your brothers, 
talk to them, find out how they are, bring it back to me and let me know how they're doing. Okay. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. That's his dad. He reached the camp as the... Oh, this is impressive. Can you imagine rolling into town? He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Had to be impressive. It's a lot of people out there shouting, making a lot of noise, hooping and hollering. David rolls into this. Verse 21, please. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. Oh, it's going down. Number 22. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. Now, I question that just because I don't really think if I was getting ready to go to war, the last thing I want is my little brother coming up and asking me, how am I doing? But he did. And I'm going to tell you why. And you're going to see it. Right? 23. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. Another day, day 41, morning time. Oh, but this is different. David heard it. David heard. 24, please. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. 41 days. They were just shouting their war cry. One man walked out, scared them all, and they fled. But, but, the difference is this time there was somebody else in the audience. They had David. David says, no, 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 no. We're not going to let, I'm not, I can't let this happen. I cannot allow this Philistine to defy my God. One young man said, I cannot allow this to happen. Can you go to, oh yeah, okay, thank you. So David says, he goes to Saul, he tells the people, this isn't going to, we can't do this. I will take care of this. They bring David to Saul. David tells Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. I, your servant, will go and fight him. An entire army of men, battle-hardened warriors, couldn't do what David could do, the future king of Israel. That was his day. He stepped up in his day. Of course, you always got the world there, right? Next verse, please. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine. You can't do it. You cannot go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. The world is quick to point out why you can't have your day. It's just the way it works out. I'm sorry. They, the world really isn't always on our side. In fact, I would say that being a fallen world is rarely ever on our side. And here was Saul. Now he was the king. 
He ran too. He ran too. Now this kid comes up and he says, no, no, you can't do this. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't know what you're asking for. This ain't your day. David, David had a different, different approach, right? David had a different understanding. He heard Goliath taunting and defying his God on that day. He decided this ends today. One way or another, this ends today. He went before the king that day. And the king told him, you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what you're asking for. So I'll tell David, he's just a young man. He can't do this. Told him he wasn't ready. Told him giant's too big, right? You want to have a day? You want to face a giant? Well, they're called a giant for a reason. They are big. They are not something small. It is a big thing. There are giants in everybody's life. There are giants in everybody's life. I'm sorry. Everybody has them. You're, first of all, you're not alone. Number one. Second of all, if you've ever actually kind of been in fear of that giant that's in your life, be it whatever it may be, you're also not alone. But what I am telling you is that you can have a day where you don't have to be afraid when you realize that you're not going to fight alone. You may not have an army behind you. The army ran. This was David, Goliath, but David had God. David had God on his day, and he stepped into that day. So what can this boy do? What does the world think this boy can do? Nothing but fail. David goes on to explain about how being a shepherd, I fought bears, I fought lions, I saved my father's flock. I'm ready for this. My life has led me to this point. So here's my question. Y'all have been through things, I've been through things, everybody's been through things, and guess what? We can either cower in fear like the, Israel, the army of Israel was doing when we're faced with the giant. Or we can use the lessons that we've learned, we can use the skills that we've learned, and we can stand up to those giants in our day. Right? So here's the best part. Right? Can we skip to the good part? I love this. Thank you so much, right? So we already know that. First, Saul said, fine. Go ahead. Here's my tunic, here's my armor, here's my helmet, here's your sword. And David says, I can't even move in this stuff. I'm not used to it. So sometimes when the world will try to outfit you for your battle, they aren't doing you any favors. Because it's not what you're used to. It's not, it doesn't fit. It's not yours. And sometimes... It's more for show. King's armor. That's impressive. I want a sling and a couple of rocks. That's not impressive, but it's what he needed. It's what he needed. So David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but 
I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. God prepares us for the days. God pre he prepares us. We saw in Jeremiah. He prepares us for today. Up to this point, we have been getting ready for today. I don't know what today holds. I don't know what today brings. I don't even know if today's a big day or a little day, but it doesn't matter. He's got you ready for it. He got David ready. I guarantee you there was no time in David's time watching his flock where he thought, I am going to defeat the entire Philistine army. Never once said that. What he did say is, I hear something coming. I hear a lion roar. I hear my sheep in danger. I am going to go and protect them. That's my job. Win or lose is my job. So now he takes it up to the Philistines. See, we need to recognize that we don't have to rely solely on our strength. We don't have to. We don't have to rely on the strength of our arm or the intellect of our head or the words in our voice. We can actually step out with what God provides us. What God has provided us. What God has given us. Past tense. Take it. It's yours. Courage, faith, hope. Take them. They're yours. He gives them freely. And remember, we don't have to step in situations on our own strength. Don't do that. Because you're not going to be successful if you try to do it just all by yourself. It's not going to happen. But if we step up and step off, in the name of the Lord Almighty, now we have a plus one who isn't worried about no giant, isn't worried about a javelin, isn't worried about a sword or a spear. He's not, God's like, I, I, I'm, first of all, I made this. So I'm not going to worry, and I don't want you to either. But we need to stop waiting for tomorrow. Amen. We need to stop waiting for the next day. David didn't say, I'm going to come back tomorrow. Because chances are, whatever the reason was he used to escape today, will still be there tomorrow. Amen. Just saying. So, we need to stop waiting, stop, take, stop putting off, bless you, stop putting off talking to that person at work. Stop putting off talking to the person who you try to avoid eye contact with because you know that they got some struggles and, oh man, you just don't really, you don't want to. Stop putting off, right? We need, see, the, the enemy loves it when we turn away and don't say anything to somebody who's facing a giant. Enemy loves that because it actually does two things. First of all, it weakens your faith. 
And secondly, it prevents faith in somebody else. Because that person's still struggling. And I go to church on Sunday, but I don't help you on Monday. I don't reach out to you on Tuesday. I don't ask how you're doing on Wednesday. Thursday, oh, I'm so behind for the week. Friday's here, yeah. Oh, it's the week and I have so many things to do. And Sunday I'm back in church and I never once helped anybody else combat a giant in their life. My faith, faith without works is pretty much useless. And that person never has any chance of getting faith. So the enemy's always there to help us justify, though, right? Look away. Don't worry. They, got, they did this to themselves, right? They did this to themselves. You got your own problems to worry about. How can I help somebody else? I don't have time. I got so much going on. David defeated Goliath on a day that he did not plan to be fighting no giant. But when the opportunity presented itself, he didn't shirk his responsibility. He didn't step away. He didn't close his eyes. He didn't say, oh, I better get back. He didn't say any of that. He actually said, no, no. I, this is something I have to do. And we know, we know how the story ended. David defeated that giant. Not with a spear, not with all the normal tools that a warrior would have. But because he actually did what he was supposed to do on the day that he was supposed to do it, and he did it according to God's will and in God's strength. So that's my, that's my first, that's my first guy. My second guy, I love him because he is so, oh, to a certain extent, he's me. Not you, he's me. Katrina, can you please? The next one. Jonah. Jonah. I love Jonah because he is, he's an incredible, he's an incredible figure. Jonah, remember, everybody has a day. Everybody has days. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Word came to him today. Next one, please. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. God told Jonah, do this. There isn't a whole lot of lead into Jonah's story, but if God is actually sending him, I've got to think that the two knew each other quite well. Day was a big day. I want you to go to the whole city. Their wickedness has come up before me, and I want you to go preach to them. I want you to go tell them that they need to turn and change their ways. Right? Time to step out in faithful obedience, Jonah. Be the example that people will read about forever. Right? It's time to, verse 3, please. 
But Jonah ran away. Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the ferry, he went aboard, sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Oh. He didn't really step up right there. He, uh, he ran. Like I said, this is me a lot. I'm, I'll be honest. He ran. He didn't just run. He didn't say no. He ran. Now remember, you have to imagine that he didn't know who God was because God was about to send him away. And he ran. Where are you going to go? At what point in your mind, in your thought process, Jonah, did you decide... I'm going to get on a boat. All right, you're right. God's never used water before, has he, Jonah? This is not going to turn out well for you, Jonah. Like I said, this is me, right? Not you, this is me. This is time to run. Hopped on a boat, set sail. <laughs> no idea what was going through his mind. Well, I do know he didn't step out on the day he said, I, God said, I got something for you today. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. In fact, he did the exact opposite. We, 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 we can see Jonah and say, how did you do that? What were you thinking? I would almost ask each and every one of us, have we never done what Jonah did? And if we've ever done what Jonah did, what was our thought process? Why did we think this was going to work out? I want you to go over here. Nope, not going to do it. Oh. Oh. And remember now, you know, sometimes we'll feel something in our spirit and our gut. I'm not going to run with it. And once again, the enemy, the world, it's always there. It's always there to help us. Timing's just not right. It's just not. I, uh, I got too much to do right now. The kids. Work's crazy. Things are kind of tight right now. Hit me up next month. We got a thousand and one. Jonah just straight up said, nope, and ran. We, oh, goodness, we give reasons. We give excuses. Jonah ran. I almost got to respect Jonah because he took off on foot to get away from God. I just tried to explain, God, this, I appreciate the offer, but no, I can't do this right now. <laughs> so I have to respect Jonah. He made a decision and he ran with it. Hmm. So remember, Jonah never learned about God in water because all the sand... Okay, so I missed one. Four, please. There we go. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. So much for that smooth sailing whenever you decide, I'm not doing what God wants. Not going to do it. So much for that. Five, please. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he laid down and fell into a sleep. 
Jonah ran and took a nap. And once again, storm is raging. Everyone is afraid. Everyone is terrified. Everyone is cried out to his own God. There's a thousand and one gods. They all start with a little G. And they don't listen. And they don't deliver. And they don't act. But they do take. These were sailors. I'm sure they had been in a storm once or twice before. They were sailors. Just like the soldiers. They, they had already tried to dump everything overboard. Lighten the ship. Jonah is sleeping. You know, what about us? How often are we sleeping when there's a storm raging? When there's chaos, confusion? We got work to do, but we run away from God, and the storms rage. Just look out your windows. Flip on your TV. Right? You see there's a storm raging, right? Storm of fear, chaos, hopelessness, confusion, loss, destruction, despair. All those are storms that are raging. And too often, we are asleep. Just saying. Maybe I should say, I'm asleep. I don't, I don't always do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it. Sometimes I run away, like Jonah. And the world cries out to their gods. Sometimes the gods are happy hour. Sometimes the gods are the government. Sometimes the gods are anything that you want to put in place of God to go to for some relief. And those gods never are going to help you because they can't. They're not gods who speak. They're not gods who deliver. They're not gods who answer. And they're not gods who do anything but take everything that you have. Our God said, give me First of all, he said, give me 10%. Keep 90. I don't even want it all. But I want you to do it in faith. I want you to pay me the first fruits. All the gods that we have in the world today, they're not satisfied till they have 100% of your time, your energy, your soul. So I'm going to repeat what the captain said to Jonah. Number six, please. Captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Do you know what's going on up here? How Get up and call on your God. Ours aren't getting it done. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So I'm going to ask you, 
How can you sleep? When a storm rages, how can we sleep? We're not supposed to. And sometimes a storm is raging just because of what we've done. These sailors, they went to work that day. They, they really didn't know what was in store for them. Jonah did. Because Jonah said, this is me, guys. This is me. I'm the reason. You're going to have to throw me over. And they were like, no, 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 no. We're not going to. They tried to row back to shore. They couldn't make it because they were literally fighting God's anger. You're not going to row back to shore once you're out in the middle of the storm when God is the one who has said, no, no. I want to get your attention. So, we all know Jonah got thrown over, overboard. As soon as he got thrown overboard, seas calmed down. 17, please. Thank you. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was, Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then, after three days in careful reflection on Jonah's choices, and if you want to read chapter 2, he says, God, I am sorry. I am sorry because I did not do what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it. After those three days, God had the fish vomit Jonah up onto shore. Jonah 3, please. One. Thank you. <laughs> then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is impressive. Right? We need to be thankful that God has patience to tell us twice. We need to be very thankful about that because I will tell you that as a child, there were countless times I heard, do not make me tell you twice from my parents. Do not make me tell you twice because it's not, if this was the first time, the second time was going to be worse. And I probably have said it to my children, don't make me tell you again. So we need to be very thankful that God has a little more patience than we do. Oh, once again, this is me. God has more patience than me. I am not a patient person. Some of you can vouch for me. Two, please. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Nothing changed with his direction. Nothing changed with what he was supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do, Jonah. I'm not changing my task for you based on your reluctance at first to do it. Consistency. Verse 3. Let's see what Jonah did. Oh, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it again. Jonah 
made a rash decision about not wanting to do what his day was for. Other people were in jeopardy. God asked him again after spending three days in the belly of a fish. He said, okay, I'll do it. He changed the air of, saw the error of his ways. Be thankful God is patient. His patience does have limits. And he may provoke you to change and see things the way that he sees them. So Jonah did what God told him. Went to Nineveh. Spent the three days walking through Nineveh and telling him. Next verse, please. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. I'm sorry. Verse 10. So he went there. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, this was the city of Nineveh after Jonah had gone through it. He relented. God relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. An entire city was at stake based on Jonah. Jonah was told to do something. He said no. He paid for it. God said, I'm going to tell you again. And the entire city was saved. The city was spared. The people were spared. These are just two men who had days, right? Two men who had days. David had absolutely no idea he was going to battle. He wasn't a member of the army. But he did know God, and God knew him. Jonah... He didn't want to do what God said. He changed his ways. And we still read about him today. We still read about him today and what he did and what he didn't do and how we actually got it done. Today, today, and I don't just speak about today, Sunday, but today, every day, it's so important and we rarely understand it. We rarely grasp what could happen in a day. And we rarely grasp what we're supposed to do during that day. We rarely understand what's at stake on that day. People pass away. Did you say goodbye, right? That, that's a common one where people say, I wish I could have said goodbye one last time. I wish I could have done this. Every day is, is so much more than what we give it credit. Every day is bigger than what we wake up to. Or at least could be. You know, just Monday, oh, Wednesday, finally Friday, oh, it's the weekend. But at no point do we really actually put together what we should have done on Monday, what we could do on Wednesday, who we should have talked to on Friday, and how we should spend the weekend. We let those days slip. We let them slip. 
So, you know, like, what is our perspective on those days, right? Is it an earthly, worldly perspective? I go to work, I go to school. I debate what we're going to have for dinner. Or do we do it, go through it from a godly perspective? I say, what would you like me to do today? What would you have me do, God? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you that his plans are much bigger than our calendar could ever hold. He's got a day for us. I mean, we think about, I mean, Jesus, when he went out looking for disciples, he goes up to Peter and, um, follow me, I'll make you fisher of men. At once, they, they stopped doing what they were doing and followed this man. Their day came up and they did what they were supposed to do. How many days do we let go by without thinking of the bigger picture? Do we? Do we spend more days thinking about the bigger picture than we actually do not thinking about the bigger picture? How many days do we let slip through our fingers without responding to what he puts on our heart? How many days do we spend with our heads looking down or asleep when life is happening around us and the storms are raging and the winds are blowing? How many days do we think only of ourselves when our brothers and sisters are perishing? How many days are we going to wait for wisdom and understanding to know our place in today? And how many days are we going to wait for the courage to step up and step out like David? Knowing that this is a giant of a man, this, this is a giant of a man, and the entire army is afraid of him, but I'm going to have the courage that God gives me to step out today. I, my hope is that the answer to how many days is not another one. Not another one. I'm not going to do it no more. And we're trying not to. I mean, we, we're here. Everybody's here. Got smiling faces. It's a little warm. But we made the decision to be here today. I thank you. But what about tomorrow? Are we going to set aside this house and we're two or more gathered? He's in the middle. Are we going to set that aside tomorrow and say, I'll pick that up next week? And we get caught up in the confusion and the chaos and the hatred and the world around us. And the fear and the concern, being dismayed by what we're seeing instead of trying to fix what we're seeing. Or stepping out in just my little spot. Each day is a new opportunity. Each day brings decisions. Are we going to march out onto the battlefield in confidence? Or are we going to sleep in the bottom of a boat while the storms rage around us? Are we going to slay a giant or spend a few days in the belly of a fish? The decision each one of us has to make each and every day. 
And one last thing. Today is scary. It's scary. We don't know what's happening. Full of unknowns, uncertainties. It's terrifying. And we can either choose to go through it blindly or in the confidence that God already knows. See, we're going to go through it one way or the other. It doesn't matter. Today is here. I'm going to go through it. I can either go through it blind or trusting in Amen. the one who made it Amen. before time began. Yeah. Choose well. You're going to make a choice. Choose well. I'm out.